thanks for joining us at Sportsbet for episode eight of the Inters as we podcast our way towards ID18. This is Rod Basto, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce members of the Sportsbet Trots team. Well, he, he just backs up week after week, this fella. I, I reckon Kevin Pizzuto might like to have him in the stable. It's uh, He'd be trotted out for a run every week, as he's done, not missed a show, Andrew DiOrio. G'day, Rocket. Good to be here again. And fresh, coming back. Missed a couple of weeks of the show, had that freshen up, and I reckon he's firing on all cylinders, Matt Peden. Yeah, it's good to be back, Rocket. I didn't know if, uh, if my pass was going to let me through the door this morning. Thought you might have locked me out, but we're back and ready to go. Oh, well, you're back in the good books with uh, Elmer's image has finally come through for you, but we'll get to that in a moment. Let's start with the trotters. What's been happening there? The, I'm looking at the uh, the current market, Tornado Valley at uh, 275, which is 7 to 4 in the old speeding spur, $4. are a little bit closer than that previously. Uh, then we've got Kai Valley Blur and Tough Monarch at $9, Fabrication $15. Uh, some of these have tightened up because we've had that final a uh, lot of rankings that have been announced, guys. Yeah, they've, they've just come out this week, uh, the final rankings. Um, look, Matt and I have sort of uh, discussed uh, Speeding Spur and its runs last week. Uh, we we drifted it slightly following its its um, uh, unplaced run in the D- Dominion Trot. Um, and I was of the opinion that, it, you know, the run didn't look all that good, but um, Matt has told me. Yeah, I'm sort of, a, of the opinion. Obviously, he won on, on Cup Day at Addington. Um, he, he Look, he only won by a small margin. He kicked clear at the top of the straight. Josh probably looked like he, he had a bit up his sleeve. And, and whether or not it was just the fact that he's knocked off and, and sort of waited up for them, it's funny, he's been around a long time, but I couldn't tell you the amount of times that he's sat in front um, in a race, he, he tends to be a, a far better chaser. So, look, I, I give him a lot more credit for that run than, than what it probably looked to the to the eye. Um, was he disappointing on on show day? Um, you talk to ten different people, and you probably get five different, you know, five different views mm. of one way or the I other. I looking at it, the time wasn't overly impressive, and and you know, the horses like Woodstone, who sat in the breeze, got really close to him on the line. Um, Tornado Valley at this stage looks well above, I guess, the op- the local opposition and, and Speeding Spur I think has to find a bit more than than what he's shown in that in that week. It's going to be interesting to see what type of respect the um, the Kiwi visitors give Tornado Valley. Obviously, they the way he left New Zealand eighteen months ago, whatever it was now, probably twelve months ago, um, he was probably a level below these. So whether or not they give him any respect out of that or, or just think that he's come over here and found a weaker grade, I'm not sure. It, it's not a huge New Zealand contingent, though. Um, there's only three possibly confirmed. I think um, the Williamsons, have they got a couple? Yeah, I think Monty Python's coming. Yeah. Wilma's mate is yep. coming. Um, obviously Speeding Spur and maybe one or two others. Yeah. So, yeah, not a huge contingent. but No. Okay, so with the paces... Um, that's uh, a, a great deal different looking at the uh, the market now. It's as open as the Sydney heads. We've got three equal favourites, San Carlo, Shadow Sachs and Tiger Tara all at $6, Cruise Bromax $7, possibly an argument there that there should be four equal favourites, uh, and then at $9 each of two, Let It Ride and Rapper's Delight. There's not a lot between those top ones, is there? Um Tiger Tara is obviously up in the air as to whether or not he comes to Vic or or does go 
West um, has to bounce back from his New Zealand free-for-all run on the Friday. Cruz Bromac was outstanding. He went, went around in 52 and looked like he had something else left on the line. So he's going to be a force. And, and obviously we know what San Carlo and Shadow Sacks have been doing in the in Victoria lately. So it's, I'll tell you what, there's probably about, I reckon there's probably about six or seven horses that I'd want to be on out of those rankings at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you can you can make a case for, for all of them and even a few outside of it. Um, from from how I guess I've looked at it as in um, the Victorian form of San Carlo and, and Shadow Sacks and even Rappers, um, I think it's it's stronger than the New South Wales um, form at the moment. So we have, I guess, them at the head of the betting, notwithstanding Tiger Tower, I guess you can put in that New South Wales. But um, below that, I, I think they're the two. Um, Tiger Tara, can he continually back up? That's the question. Like he's had some real brutal runs in New Zealand. We obviously know he's very tough. Um, you know, of course, he won the Victoria Cup as well. Um, but Shadow Sachs and Sankar look like they've, you know, had this preparation um, in respect to the Inters. They're, they're ticking along nicely, um, being you know, on their home track, so to speak, in, in their home state. What, what do we think of a horse like um, like Pat's Delight? He's obviously midway down in the rankings. He's coming across. Um, he's raced throughout the, the free-for-all and the junior free-for-all cup week at Addington. Um, do we think he's got the class to step up in a series like this and, and show how good he is, or do we think he's 12 months away still? I actually think he does. Um, he can step up. The, the four-year-old group is, is really strong. Um, him, and not only him, but um, Spankham, you know, Kaikoura Cup winner, so he's proven at open class in New Zealand. I think they will measure up. Um, you know, I think 20 to 1 at the moment, Pat's Delight, or last time I checked. or Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. So if, if he does if he does come across, he, he he's a definite player in the in the series. He's a darn good horse. Yeah. yeah. And uh, time for uh, possibly uh, a new segment, Moment in the Sun. Come on, Matt, this is your chance. You, Joe Starr of me has firmed up in the market. Elmer's image is back in contention. It's it's looking good those couple that you isolated at big odds early. Well, the hundred to one Joe Star of me is looking good, Rocket, and so is the eighty to one about um, about Elmer's image. But it you know it just shows some of these some of these four year olds, five year olds. They're very progressive. They've had a bit of hard racing, and they're they're sort of stepping up. Um, it, it's amazing how much the rankings have changed over the last six or seven weeks, isn't it? Yes, you know, definitely. They, they resemble something completely different to what we first saw. And and we going back a number of co- uh, podcasts, we, we did actually raise that as well, didn't we? We did say that, look, there can be significant changes along mm. the way yep. and not to be overly concerned with how low uh, a particular horse might be ranked at this stage uh, back then uh, if, if you fancied it. We had mm. a little interesting discussion up there before. Would um, I think Maxi Man would be one of the great claims if he was to come out and win the Interdom? Well, probably the greatest ever, wouldn't it? Well, I thought that, and then, <laughs> then old uh, stud man, stats man over here, come up with something else. Well, um, in respect to the Interdominion, uh, quite possibly, but I, I do remember uh, WA Cup Van Lo Yorker. I was saying he, he was, I think he was racing the claim as a month before he won a WA Cup, so. You know, the, I remember that sort of rise was was quite he, big. At he's the time. a font of knowledge, <laughs> but um, the I, font. I, I had to go the back font. and uh, just double check that before I came <laughs> on. So that was that was ten years ago now. So time does fly, guys. I, I know something I'd like to find out about is the All Stars stable on the back of yet another successful carnival in New Zealand. 
who who are they bringing? What's what's happening there? Um, does Cruz Bromax stay with them? And uh, we've got the opportunity to talk to Nat Rasmussen. So uh, let's do that now. Well, we're joined by Nat Rasmussen. Uh, very excited about this because, um, well, firstly, let me say hi, Nat. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Busy, busy, good, but good. Oh, I can imagine. It, it must be crazy there at the moment, getting ready for the Inter-Dominion. And I understand you yourself will be coming to Melbourne? Oh, that's correct, yeah. Well, that's Mark and I actually have um, had a full day um, just doing all the programs now right through for uh, Auckland. We've got the big racing team heads to Auckland as well through December, and then we've got the Inter-Dominion horses, and then we've just probably tentatively planned in through for, for Melbourne and, and New South Wales in through January, February. So, yeah, it's a pretty big job when you've got so many horses to cater for. Oh, yes, a lot of planning for sure. Well, before I, I hand over to Andrew and Matt to talk to you about um, the races coming up, and in particular that series, can I take you back and, and just talk briefly about Blacks of Fate. That uh, I'm as successful as you have been in recent times and off the back of yet another New Zealand Cup carnival on this occasion where you actually took out the cup um, in the sulky, um, that too must have been a fantastic time and, and a favourite horse of yours. Oh, most definitely. I think it's very hard to compare um, races against, you know, horses with different, probably different eras, different times now. You just can't, um, you just can't do it, can you? No, you can't. Not, you couldn't be fair to them and do it. So, um, look, Black the Fake, he was just an amazing athlete. Uh, he was probably, he gave me a lot of confidence that, you know, I could match it with the, the best of them given the opportunity. Um, I'll be grateful for him for that. Um, yeah, so he, he's just done what, you know, no other horse has done, winning all them into the minion. So he holds a very special spot in my heart. And so is he still with us or is he passed on? Oh, no, he's alive and kicking. Oh, he's great. Like we're, so <laughs> so we're, he's a show horse now? No, no, he oh. looks like one. Oh, he looks like one. <laughs> so where, whereabouts yeah. is he, his, his home these days? Oh, he's, he's with my mum and dad. Um, they live in Brisbane. Um, they've got a couple of hundred acres and he's... He lives there in a big paddock with his old friend Simon, who used to travel with him all the time. He's still with him. Uh, and his mum dad built some stables, so he comes in every night to his stable and gets his molasses and his bit of grain and he gets rugged and, yeah, he's, he's got a wonderful life. Oh, terrific. Well, look, his, his record... Um I would have thought will never be matched. I mean, never's a long time, but uh, the record stands at six appearances in the Inter-Dominion series. And there's been some great horses over the years that have uh, contested the series on a number of occasions, but haven't even always made it to the final. He he made those six finals and his record stands at four wins and two seconds. Uh, that's incredible. Oh, it is an incredible effort. I just think it um, just shows how tough and constitutionally strong he was to back up and race at the absolute elite level year after year after year. Um, Not many of them do it. They might be the best for for maybe one, two or three seasons, but you can't always have the horse that's the best for six seasons in a row. So I think that's just a testament to just how tough he was. All right. Well, no longer can we reflect on past glories. Let's move forward to the present day and and look ahead towards ID18. And uh, I might ask uh, Andrew to open the batting. Yeah, hi, Nat. Um, Congratulations on uh, winning the New Zealand Cup with the fixer. You're, um, as Rocket said, uh, your first um, winning drive in the race. And it pretty much, um, I was reading the the All-Stars Racing Stables um, website and you mentioned that 
you've pretty much um, won everything. And that was the sort of the last thing on the bucket list to win a, a New Zealand Cup and you've finally done it. Oh, that's right. I think, um, you know, I've been so lucky. I've given so many good horses, you know, in all their age races right through to the Open Company ranks. Um, and this was probably the one really, really major race that was sort of left, left uh, you know, that I hadn't hadn't been lucky enough to win. Um, and this year, you know, I thought probably a month out, I thought I was no chance because the fixer had had that good abscess. And, yeah, so we were sort of probably lucky and, and to get him back and have him have him right on the day. So, no, it was a, a great race to win. And it wasn't just uh, the fixer on New Zealand Cup Day that won. You had eight, incredibly eight winners on, on the, the 12 race card. How, how do you get the team to peak on, on the big day time and time again, you know, whether or not be, um, it might be the jewels or the breeders' crown here, but all your horses seem to really fire on, on, on the big day? Yeah, I think it's probably to build up. Um, like I think today, Mark and I have just been doing programs and we're looking right through to February. So we're pretty well now penciling in races in February to have these horses ready for. So um, it's like a gradual build up, build up, build up. And then that last, you know, maybe fortnight leading into that major race that you've targeted for these horses, you can really, you've given them that much groundwork that you can screw them down and have them really ready for that day because they've had the miles and miles under their legs. Um, yeah, so we, we do target the big meetings um, and we like to, to think that's where we concentrate on a specific horse race, specific race and try to have them the best we can have them. And and just talking about targeting the big races, um, you mentioned you're, you're planning uh, the Auckland Cup as well as uh, the Inter-Dominion. Can you confirm, I guess, today uh, the horses you'll be taking to the Inter-Dominion in Melbourne? Yeah, we'll just be bringing the two. Uh, but there'll be Chris Bonet, who won the free-for-all last Friday, uh, and it'll also be a little four-year-old called Sabenka, who will then probably stay on for the Bonanza. Right, okay. Um, all you need is faith. He's not coming? No, he's not. No, we're going to target uh, Auckland Cup with him. Uh, there's three good races there, the Summer Cup, the Franklin Cup, and then into the Auckland Cup, and we'll have about six of them up there for that for that one race. Right, okay. And, and the last um, the last two Inter-Dominions, um, Mark Purden's actually trained uh, both Smolder and... Um, of course, Lazarus. Um, will you be coming across um, to Melbourne this time? Uh, I will be, yeah, because Mark will be in uh, Auckland for the carnival, so we'll have about approximately 15 or 16 horses up there right through December. So Mark will be up there in Auckland with that team, and I'll come across to Melbourne. Um, Poi, uh, Matthew Bowden, he's a travelling man. He'll, he'll originally take them over, and then if I'm going to stay there and drive them, I'll look after them right through then, but I will have to get back to Auckland for the 14th before the final because we have a big meeting um, and then I'll have to fly straight back to Melbourne on the 15th. Nat, obviously you and Mark produce um, produce some really, really good horses season after season. They go through their age racing and then step up to step up to open age racing. How hard is it to, uh, to split them at this time of the year when you've got so many good races on and so many opportunities for them? Oh, look, it just makes it very hard. And as we've been going through the programs today, it just seems really quite silly the way it's all so condensed. Like you look at your good racing even in Perth all through January uh, into February, and then you've also got Sydney and Melbourne or Auckland. Like it, it's really hard to try to, to spread it. It just seems like there's one big, over over a two-and-a-half-month window or two-month window, a big clump of all the really good races. And it just seems really quite silly the way it's being programmed right across the board. Yeah. 
All right. Well, look, th- thank you so much for your time, Nat, and we wish you and Mark all the best with the horses and their programs that you've planned out and hope everything goes swimmingly for you in the, the days and weeks ahead. And we look forward to seeing you here with those horses in Melbourne shortly. Yep, no worries at all, guys. So fingers crossed I'll be there hopefully uh, just before the first round ahead. So Excellent. yeah, looking forward to it. It's been a while since I've, I've trained up here in Melbourne. <laughs> well, good luck, Nat. Thanks again. Thanks, Nat. Cheers, Nat. No, no worries, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're back now with um, having spoken to Nat Rasmussen and uh, a lot of interesting information there. And uh, as we said to Nat herself, we wish her well in the uh, the ID18 series that's fast approaching, less than two Saturdays away. I'm excited. Um, have we got some specials? We usually have specials to do with our our interview. Yeah, first um, first of all, I was I was really taken by um, by Ultimate Sniper Cup Week at Addington. Um, obviously, his full brother Ultimate Machete goes around in uh, hopefully in Auckland, uh, all being well there. So um, we, what we're going to do is we're going to put up two dollars fifty for both Ultimate Sniper and Ultimate Machete, the full brothers, to win a Group One by the thirty first of July. Okay, so they both need to win a group one. Both need to win a group one. I'll, right. tell, I'll tell you Either what. Australia or New Zealand. Yep, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ultimate Sniper's going to turn up and just go around. He'll win a derby. And and given that we now know there will be two All-Stars representatives in the Inter-Dominion, uh, we'll, we'll pop up a special price for the All-Stars to yep. train the winner? A combined price, so that's uh, Spankham and uh, Chris Bromack, Chris Bromack okay. of course. Yep. Terrific. Um, and so, looking ahead, uh, Geelong Cup, uh, time honoured this Saturday night. Yep. Um, uh, what else is there on the horizon? Uh, any of these horses going around, or are they all having a, a, a week off in preparation for round one? Yeah, cash and flow. The, cash and flow is in it, but uh, there, there's no saying colour or shadow sack. So I guess the the next level, I guess the next tier down, you could say. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So okay. the stars of the future rocket go around on a. F- what is it, Saturday night? Yeah, Saturday night, Geelong, yeah. Cup, night, Geelong Cup, Melton on Friday night. Junie on Friday night, <laughs> 10 race card. Time for race caller quotes. And uh, let me just recap on the quotes votes. And uh, at the top of the list, are both on five, Alan Hull and Chris Barsby. Mark McNamara moved into a clear third on three. Fred Hastings on two and then with one vote each. Craig Easy, Jim Jakes, Lachlan McIntosh, Dan Malecki, Craig Rail. Although we will have to check the rule book last week being the only time there hasn't been three vote givers. Yeah, I might have to submit two. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you, you'd volunteer for that. What about um, this week? Who, who's getting a vote this week? Well, given that I was absent last week, um, <laughs> I think I might have to have to escalate McNamara from third into a, a clear second um, with the K with the tiger being let out of the cage in the uh, in the New Zealand Cup. Oh, that's a good one. Yep, yeah, um, I've got up. I've got Mildura on my mind uh, this week because they're actually running tonight. Um, and Craig Rail, as 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 always, he, he he loves Mildura. He, he really gets into it. And gee, I've got to be careful with this one because I've I've tried to say it a few times, and Matt's. Uh, well, I'll have a go at it. But uh, the tin tabulation. Oh, we got it wrong again. Tin tin tabulation. I think that's how I say. Second time, Rocky second time. Nailed. There you go. Well, it's better than titillation that he was saying <laughs> earlier. Uh, yeah, that that's true. So we we, we cut that one. Get but, your uh, life out of it. <laughs> It's actually a word. I had to look it up. So it's the ringing or the sound of the bell. So spot on there and, you know, full marks for him to actually 
use it in a sentence because uh, it's not something you hear every day. That's a ripper. Okay, so Craig moves up to two and uh, Mark McNamara on four. And, and uh, Matt, you were saying about one of the things you do love about Mark McNamara's calling is the uh, uh, the names that he gives to the drivers. That... No, no, that, that's actually Aaron White oh, up that's, north. Yeah, Aaron, yeah, who is it? Aaron White. Calls, Aaron White, um, okay. He calls, he calls uh, Alexandra Park. Yep. On the on the Friday night, we get a range rocket. Mm. Uh, we'll well get, maybe that can be your extra vote. Throw throw one the way of Aaron White. Well, let's give Aaron White some love. Yeah, got, because that's good if he's come up with all these nicknames that he refers to in the calls. Can you name one? Not at all. Andrew? I didn't even yeah, have the right race there's caller. There's the chief. There's the uh, yeah. There's the, the chief, the, the ice man, the, the magic ice, man, yeah, the, the wizard. Ma- yep, that's it. Um, postman. Yeah, I hadn't heard of the postman, but Blair Orange, the postman. Yeah, the post- chief is uh, David Butcher. The wizard, Todd Mitchell. Oh, this is Education 101, right? Uh, the Iceman is, of course, Tony Hurley here. Did they get permission to use that? Because uh, wouldn't Gavin Lang have had that first? Yeah, it's probably, uh, yeah. Well, I, I get offended. Do, do, you, do you reckon Joe Maria has asked for permission to be called the Magic Man? The uh, real Magic Man drives at Auckland. Uh, yeah, okay. he, he was the original Magic Man. Absolutely. Yeah. Not Joe Maria. No. I've, I've got to um, create a, a clear leader uh, oh, no. When it comes to our quotes votes and I've got to send one the way of Chris Barsby. I, he is a ripper and a, and a deserving leader at this stage of the competition, I would have thought, because week in, week out, he he's enthusiasm and quotes a second to none. And there's a horse going around the moments, one eight in a row. Who's that, Andrew? Lilac Flash. Lilac Flash. And week in, week out, when Lilac Flash is in a race, you know, just look out for the quotes there. I mean, one that I picked up on was he's like a little bull at this guy as he careered away. But there's been plenty, hasn't there, Andrew? There's been a few. uh, You know, he told us it's got swagger, it's got style in in, in his previous wins. So uh, a bit of Rasmussen love going on here today. (laughs) (laughs) She trains it, doesn't she? Drives it? Uh, yeah, uh, Kylie, yeah. Yep. And and she's got um, the other good horse, Mr Calypso. The team is, is airborne at the moment. Just just on him, how far is he going to go? Well, we, we've just put up a, a market for the Queensland Cup. So uh, and we've got him top of the market. I reckon he might be just a roll below Matt Gregor. Okay. So, yeah, he's uh, – well, she's she, her, her strike rate at the moment up there, I think when I, when I last checked, she'd won 30 of – from 80 starters, uh, you know, that was going, uh, you know, early season. It's unheard of. Yeah, so it's up there. fine. Time for best bets and our mega bet whereby any two or all three can win and the punters collect. Uh, what do you reckon, Matt? Who's your now, best? Rocket, you know I love going out wide with these tips. You do. You go outside the rules and I do have the rule book here in front of me. Um, we're off to Geraldine on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it's Saturday. We're off to Geraldine on Saturday. Can we Saturday. get on at Geraldine through sportsbet.com.au? Of course you can. We'll be open probably night before. Always night before. Yes, yeah, always we'll, the night before. Yep. We'll go night before. We'll be open the night before. Well, um, at, at the latest. Horse I own, Rocket. Oh, okay. Last race, number 11. Mail. Uh, number four, the Kike. Now, he was unlucky at Ashburton last start. Um, he went really, really good the start before, um, and I think before that he won. Now, he's ticking, on, ticking along really well. Okay. Um, I think if you can get to the front, there's a Purd and Rasmussen runner in it, but it's drawn inside the second over a mile. So if Kim can get him, you know, near to the front or we'll get a bit of cover around the lead somewhere, 
Um, he looks like he's going well enough to beat him on All the grass. Right. So grass track runner. We'll cheer it on. Get him Sounds up. good. And and probably be at a price, like each way odds. I, I'd imagine you get each way price. Okay. Well, that, that'll help inflate the price for our any two or all three, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, That's so that helps. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, should I go next? Yeah, or go uh, I've got to go with um, cash and flow in the Geelong Cup on Saturday night. Uh, drawn outside the second row, not usually ideal in any race, let alone a big one. But strangely, Geelong is, is a track that one wouldn't think they could come from anywhere on, but they do. They do. Um, and I, I, look, I would have thought that over the trip they'll put cash and flow into the race at some stage anyway and and possibly with a lap to go he'll, he'll be up in the thick of things. So uh, uh, that's race seven at Geelong on Saturday night, night, the Cup, yeah. uh, and I'm thinking he's probably number 12 cash and flow, but I'll uh, confirm that. Yes, he is, yeah. race seven, number 12. I'll tell you what, just going through us two before before Andrew speaks, these are going to be good odds for this special this week. Excellent. Well, we've only got to get two of them up. That's right. At the moment, it's, it's going to be about 25 to 1, I'd imagine. So. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll probably go a bit, a bit skinnier just to, I guess, put, put one in that, you know, should be winning. Yeah. <laughs> what do you like, Andrew? Well, I'm, I'm excited about the return of Albion Park. Like, we've, it's been a, a long time. It Are we like sure it's going to be the return well, of Albion Park? Last time I checked, it's it's on. So, um, you know, hopefully it is because um, I know I've been hanging for it. So, um, and and we'll go straight on first race because, um, you know, that's what we're all waiting for. Um, Clint will do in the first. He's uh, he's drawn two. Nathan Dawson on Premier. Well, the King of the Creek. Yeah, so he's the the state's leading reinsman from last season, uh, driving in good form, and uh, he's on the class horse. Clint will do. I think uh, he can go to the front and uh, be hard to beat. Gates beat. Yep. Very good. Um, well, uh, at this point, I was going to uh, invite Andrew Gunner onto the panel uh, just to talk about there's a big race in the Greyhound world coming up. Uh, so let's do that. Uh, so, guys, I, I thought just before we go, we ought to um, bring in uh, Andrew Gunner from the Non-Chasers. Yes, the Non-Chasers. The Non-Chasers. Uh, that's the Greyhound podcast at Sportsbet. Uh, I was just thinking a bit of cross-promotion wouldn't hurt, encourage our uh, harness punters to take a look at the uh, the big races at Sandown being run on Friday night this week. It's Melbourne Cup night for the Greyhounds. And uh, and it might help get them a few more listeners, you know. Like that we <laughs> we probably outrate them at two to one something. Andrew, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a terrific meeting at Sandown Friday night. Yeah, really good card. The uh, the support races for the those that uh, competed in the Melbourne Cup and the and the Bold Trees and didn't get through. Uh, really good support card. So the the sprint, uh, the Cup night sprint, would be worthy of a Melbourne. Cup final in itself, so looking forward to it. And so for all the in-depth information on that meeting, we'll, we'll uh, make sure we download and, and like and, and listen to the Non-Chasers podcast. Yes, uh, it'll be a silly and light-hearted uh, look at, at all things Melbourne Cup on Friday night. So, um, yeah, if you want to waste half an hour of your life, I, I suggest downloading it and getting uh, your ears around it. Well, can we nonetheless get a preview in terms of just your top pick in the, the two features? Because there's not only the, the Melbourne Cup for Greyhounds, there's also the Bold Trees named yep. after that wonderful stayer from the past. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, I think four in a row, which... Um, That's right, yeah. yeah. So, uh, 
Anyway, we'll kick off with the with the Melbourne Cup. So um, the market at the moment's got Black Opium favourite, uh, ridiculously. So having its uh, eighth career start in uh, in the most prestigious greyhound race in the world. Uh, so if it if it wins this at it, it only its eighth start, it'll be a, an effort that I don't think we'll ever see uh, broken. Um, liked it, but if you didn't want to take the price about the favourite, thought she's gifted in box two should get a pretty good run. Uh, my Redeemer on its inside likes to get up the track, but I think uh, get past him early. Uh, my Redeemer might help to open up the rail a bit for it. If it pokes a, its nose through and can hit the lead, then that'll be half the battle. Okay, so you'd be hoping that my Redeemer's ahead of She's Gifted early Either and he, moves off the track. If it's in front, I think my Redeemer will be playing uh, Gunner for himself um, because he'll probably take a few out on its outside. So I'd rather see She's Gifted jump a length in front of it and uh, my Redeemer just be behind it uh, and, and might push up the track and, and take out it and check a few of uh, She's Gifted's rivals. Okay, so that's Friday night, Sandown race six, number two, She's Gifted. The Bold Trees is race eight. Yeah, swapped it around this year, not not too sure why. Uh, had a big storm last year. Maybe they're hoping the storm hits after the Melbourne <laughs> Cup rather than before. But uh, if they're good, that good at predicting the weather, then they should be taking over the job from everyone else. Uh, in the bowl trace, uh, Black Impala in box one is really going to shape how this race is run because uh, it likes to, likes to uh, use every part of the track early on. Um, so you, you wouldn't want to be directly on its outside. Uh, it'll, it'll probably cost you the race. Um, with that being said, uh, I think it'll open up the rail for both Ebby Ripper and Bacali that are drawn on its outside. Uh, if they are a length behind Black Impala early, that'll be perfect because they'll get a big gap to run through uh, for the rest of the race and just hug the rail and, and come home. Um, so I thought Ebby Ripper's probably going to be decent odds on the night, decent each way bet. Um, certainly like Bacali and we'll be taking on Poco Dorado. Okay, terrific. All right, so maybe uh, back both two Ebby Ripper and three Bacali. Look, thanks very much and make right. sure people listening, you also take time out to tune into the non-chasers and uh, you'll get a lot, lot more winners through uh, the full half hour of that podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, boys. Thanks, mate. Pleasure to be a part of it. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back next week with our podcast previewing the first round of heats of ID18. Look forward to it. Yeah.